Wow. Jesus, my heart was really tenderized uh, again by you tonight in worship. Jesus, you are beautiful. (laughs) You're beautiful. And even though you walked, as you walked the earth, you were beautiful, but yet somehow when John gazed on you, uh, the Apostle John, and saw your eyes of flaming fire, saw your your head that was white as wool, uh, there was something about your glorified state that was that was even more beautiful. It's like you were so beautiful here. People fell in love with you because you loved so greatly here. And yet there is kind of coming a time, Jesus, when we're all going to see those eyes of fire. But they're, they're consuming passion. It's your love for us. But it's not just for us, every, all y'all us. It is for every single one. You have love for every single person in this room, a deep, deep love. And I'm saying, Jesus, would you, would you show each one of us more of that love tonight? We're hungry for it. We want more. We want more of you, Jesus. It's what we were made for. It's what we were born for, Jesus. To know that love, to experience that love. And so any places where we feel stuck or unworthy or shamed, I'm saying, Jesus, break through that. Break through all that. That's what you paid for. That's what you paid for. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to come right back to this place of prayer in not not too long from now. Um, we're starting Passion Week. And uh, what that is, just traditionally, it's the week leading up to Easter. And um, really, it's rightly named because it's it's Jesus' passion for us that, that took him to the cross. And, and ultimately, you know, then to his resurrection from the dead. Um, Passion Week it includes when his followers went from um, Bethany to made the made their way to Jerusalem to the where they had the last supper um, Jesus knew that was his Jesus knew what was coming he made it very clear when he was talking to different people you see it in the scriptures he knew that he was going to his death as when he went to Jerusalem he knew that was coming um, and of course next Friday is is what we call Good Friday which seems like a you know a, a, a weird choice of words except it was extremely good it was good for us for sure it was the father's goodness to the world it was the son's goodness to us and um i remember as we're talking about good friday and all that happened the, i was just thinking about this in worship i hadn't thought about this in a while todd and that when we were um several of us went to jerusalem gosh a while back many years ago and um and one of the things that we did was we went down into an area um, that might have been the actual place, but if not, very close to the place where Jesus was in a underground cell the night before um, they crucified him. We don't think about that because it's not really in Scripture. They don't talk about it in Scripture. But Thursday night, Garden of Gethsemane, crying out to God, they come and find him and they take him away. It isn't until the next day that, that he goes through, I think, I believe six different trials and, and, uh, and then scourged and, and beaten. He knows that's coming. He doesn't know. I don't believe he knew exactly how it was all going to play out, but he knew it was coming. What was that night before like? And it was in a, a st- cold, stony, dark, damp place. And we found ourselves down there. 
And the most amazing thing happened. We started to worship, but we, we felt a heart, a true heart for Jesus. We felt his loneliness. His, he, he experienced all the things we experience. Fear. Yeah. Loneliness. Yeah. And so we were there and, and somehow in some miraculous way, it's like we were, taken back in time to sit with him and we said, Jesus, we'll be here to comfort you. And and only in the kingdom does that work, you know, where there's no difference in time, where I truly believe, and we're sitting here in worship feeling it all over, crying all over again, and feeling that he actually received our comfort that night. Any of you do, you, do you ever get in that place where um, you're like, Lord, how come this isn't working out in my life? Where, why aren't you doing this? How come that's not? I don't, I don't know if it's me, just me, but every once in a while, you know, get in that place like, dang it, Jesus, I thought you were going to, you know, you said you were doing all these things. I'm not seeing them, right? And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember exactly where I was a few weeks ago. And, and suddenly, I think it was in the middle of worship again, but suddenly... I'm realizing, I'm thinking about all that Jesus did for me, and then it just sweeps over me, and suddenly I'm crying, and I said, Jesus, you don't owe me anything. What a, I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't know when I get in that place. You don't owe me anything. I owe you everything. And I just said it over and over again. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. I owe you everything. And... And you, you gave me everything. And I'm just asking the Lord right now for all of our hearts to take us back to this place of first love. We, I just want to stand in awe of Jesus. Uh, willingly. took our beating, who willingly took you know, the, any, any punishment. And in worship tonight, I was saying, Jesus, because um, I don't know how it is our hearts can get cold, meaning, you know, we've been saved for a while and we don't think about it. Sometimes we just don't, it's like, yeah, I love Jesus. Yeah, it's, this is great. Wahoo, this is awesome. And we forget, you know, what he took us out of. And I'm like, so I was sitting here tonight and I said, Jesus, remind me again. I'm like, what, what did you save me from? And it's like we can gloss over it, you know, which is good. That's actually a gift from the Lord because he doesn't want us to dwell in the stuff that he saved us from. I get that. But sometimes we just lose the passion of it, you know. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And he started showing me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you saved me from destroying myself. It's what you did. But he doesn't just save us from something. He saves us for something. He saves us for him. He came, he came to bring relationship with the Father. Um, because apart from it, we're all just dying for relationship. We're dying for love. And, and he says, that, well, that's exactly what I purchased for you. And and then so often what we end up doing is we I don't I don't know why because I do this too we'll 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 kind of forget all that and we're and we think he saved us 
so that we can be victorious, which we translate as in, I shouldn't be sinning, and when I do, you know, I'm a bad Christian. You know, we, trans- we, we get this weird thing, and we forget what He really purchased us for. He purchased us for Him. <laughs> you know, He purchased us to enjoy Him. And, and He knows that just trying really hard not to sin isn't going to cut it. He knows that. He's like, no, actually, that, that isn't how I made it. He says he, it says he was without sin. He, he was tempted in every way we were was without sin, right? But I'm telling you, though Jesus had to make good choices like we do too, it wasn't just his strong will that got him through. It was his intimacy with Papa. It was intimacy with Holy Spirit. That's, that's what brought him through. And that's what he purchased for us to have. This is so good. We're going to take communion in not too much. I'm going to kind of zip through a few things because I think it's really good to see him. But mainly, I just want us to, I want us to encounter Jesus together tonight. And we're going to take communion in a slightly different way tonight. Um, check this out. This is the book of Hebrews. This is how the book starts. If you want three verses that just like wow you about Jesus, check this out. This is in the Passion Translation. Throughout our history... God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time. Each, each, whether it's Ezekiel, Jeremiah, whoever it was, he's like, they each had a little sliver building one truth upon another. But to us living in these last days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of a son. <laughs> the appointed heir of everything. For through him God created the panorama of all things and all time. The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact expression of God's true nature, his mirror image. He, Jesus, holds the universe together Each one of you, I know, almost every single day, every single one of us, there's something that starts tweaking us and something that's feeling out of control and something that's feeling not right and something that makes us feel a little bit afraid. And we're wondering, God, where are you? God, do you got this? Can I tell you something? He not only holds the entire universe together, but I promise you he's holding your life together. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to take care of you. He holds the universe together. He expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. He accomplished, he accomplished, done for us the complete cleansing of sins. And then he took his seat on the highest throne at the right hand of the majestic one. Wow. That's our Jesus. That's what he's done for us. Now, I love verses like this. I, I just eat up Paul's writings because it's like this. It's just, and I'm not saying Paul wrote this. They actually don't exactly know who wrote Hebrews. But I'm just saying, I eat this stuff up. I love this kind of stuff, sharing, you know, the stuff that just makes your head explode because it's so amazing about how, um, you know, how amazing Jesus is. But I also want to say, it doesn't, sometimes this, this grandioseness of him, it, it doesn't always translate back into, okay, How's this helping me right now? 
Um, so I wanted to do this just before we take communion. I wanted to look at his humanity a little bit in this week because I'm telling you, he had to push through his humanity. He did what he did for us in human form. And that's super important, and you're going to see why. This is not like the only points. These are just ones I thought of. One is that in his humanity, he needed the assurance of his father's love just as much as we do. I'm telling you, he had a need. We have needs that God put inside of us. Jesus has a need to be loved. I'm convinced that's how he made it through this week. Because my daddy loves me. Where did he get that? Well, we see one place, Luke 9.35, when it comes up from the baptismal waters, where the Father says, and everybody, you know, everyone around is hearing this, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This is my boy. And I'm telling you, each one in this room, he's saying it already over you. He says it every day of your life. This is my boy. This is my girl. This is my son. This is my daughter. This is the one I love. You are the one I love. You are the one I am pleased with. And I'm telling you, when we get to those hard moments in life, hard seasons, hard moments, temptations, things that like, Lord, this is too much. Do you know, do you know what he says to you? I love you. I love you. I love you in the midst of this. Cause I'm telling you, it's his love that's going to pull you through. Here's another one. In his human form, here's an interesting one. Jesus still represented the Father accurately. Now, why did I say this? Because I think sometimes when we see that Jesus was the image of God, we think, yeah, well, that's good. That was Jesus, but I'm not him. Hmm. Well, actually, (laughs) you're kind of out of excuses because he says, yeah, I put my light inside of you. You're a light. Remember Paul said, hey, imitate me. Paul said, imitate me to his followers. Why? Because he carried the love of Jesus. And I'm, and I'm saying this. I'm saying that in his human form, as a human, Jesus represented, it said in the previous scripture, represented him perfectly. I'm saying to you, you represent your father more accurately than you could possibly imagine. And if you're feeling like I'm not very perfect, I want to remind you that perfection in the Lord's eyes is not about doing everything just right. It's about being your true self. And the only way you can be your true self is to know that he loves you as he made you. See how this is all tying in? And I'm telling you, this is how Jesus walked the earth. How did he do it? He knew he was loved, and he walked out his true self. Check this out. Jesus said in John 14, 9, The one who has seen me has seen the Father. I love this picture of Jesus. But do you see your father that way in heaven? Same, same love, same laughter. And I'm saying the more we get this, the more we receive it in our hearts, the more we get healed up of the places that don't believe this and we receive this kind of love, I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to accurately represent him. And you are his ambassador of love. You are. Now here's a crazy one though. Jesus was tempted to turn away from the Father's plan to free all of humanity. He had free will and thus a choice of whether or not to carry out the Father's plan. Now, some people would, might, might disagree with me on this. That's okay. 
We can agree to disagree. There's a scripture that does say that before the foundation of the earth, the Lamb of God was slain. So some people would point to that and say, well, it was already a done deal. And I would say, no, love demands a choice. We have to choose love. And, and Jesus had choices. Now, I will say this, because of his intimacy with God, when you're saying, Lord, how am I going to make it through life? Intimacy is the key. Int- closeness, knowing his heart for you is the key. Jesus made it such a priority in his life to re- remain connected and intimate that I'm telling you it was as if he didn't have a choice. Because why wouldn't I do what the Father says? Because he and I are one and I want to do what the Father's doing because he makes me feel really good and he loves me and everything he does is good. Do you see where that comes from? But I'm still telling you he had a choice. Love has to have a choice. And he chose you. He chose you over the temptation to forego the pain. Remember, remember, uh, Satan wants them to take the easy way out, right? In, in the temptations, in the desert. Don't, you don't have to do this. You know, bow down to me now and you can forego all that. No. That, and I'm telling you, that was a real temptation. Otherwise, it wouldn't be called a temptation. You don't have to go the hard road. Jesus says, no, I'm going to do what, what pleases my father. Simon, right after he says, you are the Christ. You are the living God. I know who you are. Jesus says, you're right. You got it. You, only God could have shown you that. And then, and then Peter says, dude, you don't have to go. You don't have to die. Let's not do this. This is not a good plan. And that's where Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. He's not calling Peter Satan. He's saying, I know where this is coming from. Stop it. Enemy, stop it. Cause I'm not listening. Real temptations. And then of course, the one, the last one is the garden of Gethsemane, right? Father, is there any other way? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a song for you. I'm, now that we've been talking about his humanity, and, and the reason why it's important you know he did this as a human is that's how you know he can, he can experience everything you've experienced. He did experience everything you experienced. He has great compassion for you. He knows what temptation is like. I want to play a song um, for you to listen to. It's a dialogue between the Father and Son, Son and the Father in Gethsemane. And uh, I'm just asking Holy Spirit, take us into the reality of this choice and what Jesus uh, fought through. And now his choice was to please the Father in the end. this cup from my lips lift me up to be with you in your arms of I love them 
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for your choice, Jesus, to love. A choice that's not always easy at all, but has so much (laughs) eternal fruit. This is a, a pic, I love this picture. It's just what I told you earlier. How did he make it through it all? It's because he had lots and lots and lots of nights like this and mornings. It says he got up while it was still dark. Just him and Papa time. He's like, tell me again, Daddy. <laughs> tell me again, Papa, how this is going to work out. Tell me how much you love me. Remind me who I am. Jesus understands our weaknesses. I'm just going to end with this scripture. This is Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, also in the Passion Translation. That says we must cling in faith to all we know to be true. For we have a magnificent king priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who rose into the heavenly realm for us and now sympathizes with us in our frailty. He knows how frail we are. He loves us in that place. It goes on. He understands humanity. For as a man, our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way, just as we are, and conquered sin. So now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. You know, I have many people that will talk to me and say, I, I, you know, I can't believe I'm in this place of sin or I'm doing this or I'm, I'm always anxious or whatever. You know, whatever, it's interesting, whatever we think our problem is, we all, that the enemy wants us to believe it's just far worse than anybody else rather than realizing we're all in the same boat that where we need a savior. But in that place, I, I tell people, I say, you know, it's like we always want to be strong for the Lord. Isn't it true? I want to be, God, I want to be strong for you. I want to, I want to never sin again so that we never have to have this talk again, you know? Do you see what we're doing? We're like, almost like, God, I'd be great if I didn't even need you. If I just, I got it from here. That's just not going to happen. But here's the thing that does happen is when you're at your weakest and when you feel like a failure, even though he says you are not, This is when you know what true mercy is. And I'm telling you, we don't know mercy outside of that. We don't know mercy until we need it. And you say, yeah, but you know, the same thing. I'm just, it's like, wow, I'm going around the mountain again. Well, actually I have two responses for that. First of all, you're going to know mercy more than you did before because then you're going to feel more like a failure, like God shouldn't cut you any slack. He's like, yeah, I know, but I can't help myself. This is what mercy does. I love you. I forgive you. It's who I am. It's already done. But I also want to tell you, every time you feel like you're going around the mountain, can I tell you there's different vegetation because you're not in the same place. I'm telling you, it's true. It's true because you're going from glory to glory. He's changing you. So we're going to take communion. And um, 
We're getting close to 8.30, parents, but you, there's enough time. I think some of you could take communion or you could go get your kids and come back either way. But I want to make sure what we're going to do tonight is a little bit different. We actually have um, the cups, you know, the little juicing cups, and, um, and we'll have the bread that's already cut up. And so I'm going to ask Todd to come up. He's going to lead us some worship. I'm going to pray some. But I, I want... My whole prayer tonight was that we encounter Jesus in a fresh way. So tonight, I'm saying do what you need to do. If you want to just sit and worship for a while, then take communion, do that. If you if you need some alone time with Jesus, well, cool, there's a whole lot of places up here, you know. Just find a spot. Take communion with you and go sit somewhere. Um, I know the prayer teams, they they pray for people, but I also know some of them are here, and they probably just need Jesus' time themselves. So if you need prayer, just get prayer from someone before you go. But I, I, I want us right now really to to um, ask Jesus to encounter us, because that's what our hearts need. Wow. And so... So Jesus... Thanks for touching our hearts tonight. Because <laughs> you've already done that. Thanks. I just want to thank you personally for reminding me of some things during worship. Just just reminding me that you, you saved me from destruction, from destroying my life. But you saved me in order to encounter you. And God, I, I, don't re- I can't count the number of times I've encountered your presence. I thank you that I can't count them. What I do know is I have to have more of them. Because this is that whole thing, Lord, about, about uh, the manna. And, and Lord, you instructed them, just get enough for the day. I'll give you more tomorrow. And God, we need fresh manna. Jesus, you said, I'm the bread that you want. I'm the bread to eat. I'm the, I'm the, I'm, it's my blood that you want to drink. It's me. I'm your sustenance. I'm the one that gives you everything you need. Lord, you are the one. Jesus, there is nothing else that satisfies. We've, we've all tried it. We've tried other things. It doesn't satisfy. You do. Only you do. And some of us, God, we're just weary. We're tired. We've forgotten some of the, the joy, the passion of why we ran to you in the first place. Just give us a fresh glimpse tonight. Remind us. Maybe for some it is going back and reminding us what is it you saved me from? But also, what did you save me for? Jesus, we want to encounter more of that. We want to experience more of that. And I know you're here tonight. You're always with us. I know you're in our hearts. But I'm saying, I just know you're tangibly present. I'm saying to each person in this room, he is here to meet with you. He is here. You can put your head on his shoulder and cry, and he is holding you. You can laugh with him. He'll laugh with you. And if you don't know him yet, oh, (laughs) he'll introduce himself to you tonight. He's the one you've been looking for your whole life. Jesus, take us deeper. Take us into um, new places of experience, of experiencing your love, your mercy. For some of you, it's the mercy you need tonight. You need you need his mercy. You're you're feeling again like Lord, I'm I feel too far away. I feel I, f- I feel that I've been a disappointment. And he says to you, You will never disappoint me. You will never disappoint me. 
I know who I died for. I know what you need. I know what you don't need too. You don't need a list of rules of which to measure yourself to figure out how you think you're doing. What you do need is someone who loves you for you. Someone who made you because I wanted you the way you are. Someone who will love you into wholeness. Someone who will give you grace and mercy every time you need it. Someone who has forgiven you from the past to to your future. Someone who will hold nothing against you. That's me. I'm your friend. I'm the friend you've always wanted. I'm the one who will fill you up tonight again because it's my joy to do it. And you know what? When you come to me and want to be filled by me, can I tell you something? You fill a place in me that nobody else can touch. There's something you do to me. It's why I bought you. It's why I purchased you. It's why I said yes to the Father, even though everything in my flesh was crying out no. But we had to have you. There wasn't really another option. So you're mine now. You belong to me. And as I love you into wholeness, we're going to do a really good job of loving people together. But first, I want to love on you tonight. That's the way it works. What you freely receive, you freely give. I love you. I have always loved you. I will always love you. Nothing can separate you from me and my love for you. Nothing. 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 So as Todd continues, I just want to encourage you, as you're ready, come and take communion. You can take it with you. You can take it here. Take it back to your seat, whatever you want to do. But just spend some time. Open up your heart. Jesus is here to meet with you tonight.